you don't get that many fat preachers doing the circuit, and so. Um, It's nice. Um, I ought to say, by the way, uh, lest I be um, told off at home, I mean, I mean back at work, which is sort of home, that, that's revealed more about my life than I'd care to imagine. But um, that we have, if you're interested in Madison Hall, uh, I lecture there, I do a whole load of subjects there. And uh, we have things like uh, short courses, which means that you can come for four days if you want and do a course, or sometimes only half the course. But um, but there's all sorts of ways for you to engage with um, Bible College now that perhaps weren't possible a few years ago. And uh, if you want, you can come and stay on the campus uh, for three nights and have four days at the college doing Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and doing doctrine and doing church history or mission or um, how to preach, all manner of things that we do. And so I would encourage you to um, go to the website, matsyhall.com or just, just Google it and, um, and please, do, please do join us. The other thing I should mention is that this coming Tuesday... I know you didn't have any plans this week, did you? You were just hoping just to recover from the Eurovision Song Contest, weren't you? But, um, oh yeah. Now that's got more of a response than anything else I've said. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do well. Are we allowed to enter? Mm. A little bit of politics there. Yeah, Scotland are in. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> oh yes, next Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Matsu Hall. This really—I uh, realise it's only relevant for maybe one or two people here, but maybe you are that person. Uh, we have a we have a sort of an open time. It's open. You can you can come and stay on the campus for free. And um, we've only got 175 places left, um, <laughs> but but you know, uh, no. But uh, you are. Uh, we do we do these taster uh, experiences, which run sort of I don't know Tuesday lunch to Wednesday lunch, and you even get lunch. But of course, only on the Wednesday. We make sure you arrive after lunch on the Tuesdays. <laughs> it's sort of cheaper, you know, and. Um, uh, and you can experience what life would be like at Bible College. And it's particularly if you're interested in, in learning more, studying more. And uh, so, so it's just to say, next, next weekend, it's you know, too late. But this coming Tuesday, Wednesday uh, is that opportunity. And it is, it is free. Um, if you've no intention of coming to Bible College, then that would be a, bit, a little bit on the telling a whopper. Uh, uh, side of life to show up and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about it. It's not like selling you a timeshare, right? Don't just show up for the sandwiches. And um, but we, but but you are welcome. Uh, and so, if you're interested in that, give Madison Hall a ring Monday, and we can book you in for Tuesday, Wednesday. And um, uh, just a warning: almost everyone who comes on a taste today uh, joins the college. No, almost everyone. Because Matsu Hall is an amazing place. 
uh, the best kept secret really in the world. Uh, some of my students are from Los Angeles. They uh, turned down scholarships, forgive me waxing lyrical, but they, they turned down scholarships in America to come and learn here at Masihu. And uh, because the standard is so high. And so, it re- so that's why I'm very proud of it, because it really does have a great reputation. And so anyway, pray for us. And, and so either come this week or think about a short course, and uh, that would be um, a blessing um, to you as well as to us. Hallelujah. Hmm. Why don't we stand for a minute? Hallelujah. Why don't we um, believe God to heal the sick now? Just just for a minute. And uh, it won't take that long. If it takes a long time, it's probably not God. (laughs) Somebody would say, how can you possibly believe that God made the world in six days? I said, I know. Why did he take so long? (laughs) It's true, isn't it? And uh, so very, very, very quickly, but uh, uh, we're only being quick, not because of a lack of care, but just because uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, Who's got pain in their body and would like to be healed and can raise your hand in the air and say, me? Okay, so there's a few, isn't there? Um, Now, why don't you just look around you and see one or two of these people. And I want you just to take a moment to pray. And I'm going to pray. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that your pain will now go. That's it. I pray that your pain will now go. If you want me to lay hands upon you, you might be good for you to come um, towards me. I'm very happy to pray for anyone. But I want to pray, Lord, release pain now. Release it now. Come out of these bodies. And I pray that mobility will come back. I pray that it will come back. Lord, take pain away now. Stretch out your hand and heal all these people. Heal all these people, Master. Master, heal all these people. Heal all these people. Touch them, Lord. Heal them. Touch all these people and heal them. Touch all these people. Where's your pain? Your head? Does it feel painful now? Oh, awful. Thanks for coming to church with a migraine. Lord, I, I just pray this migraine will dissolve now. Take it out of her now. Take it out of her now. Now, all over the room, I want you just to try doing things that you maybe couldn't do before. Alright? So, if you couldn't bend, have a bit of a bend. Go on a bender. But only in this context. Alright? I'd love to say no one's looking, but everyone is. But maybe, uh, if, if you couldn't move your arm, see if you can move your arm. If you couldn't bend down, see if you can bend down. I wonder if your arthritis is now gone. I wonder if your earache is now gone. Hallelujah. Lord, touch her. 
touch it, does it still feel the same? I don't want you to make anything up. You still feel the pain? Yeah. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Now, is anyone, is, is God touching anyone here? You feel maybe you feel a little bit better? If that's true, wave your hand. No one has to make anything up. Alright? This is not theatre. It's not a show. I command this, this migraine to leave this lady now. Leave her now. In the name of Jesus. Leave her now. Leave her now. Now, I don't need to go. I just want you to see, see how you are. Do you feel, do you feel the same? Don't make anything up. You feel a little bit better? We want the treasure, don't we? So, this, a little bit of this perseverance is all part of the field. Is anyone else feeling better? You receive prayer and maybe you feel better? If that's true, wave your hand and say, maybe me? Something happened there? What was it, what was it that just happened to you? The pain that you had in your body is left? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How long have you had that pain? Okay. And it was in your arm and your back? Wow. And now it's completely gone? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, why don't you just look at him for a minute? Just look at him. Say, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. Please really heal me. Look at him. We don't need anything but him. We don't need anything but him. In the name of Jesus, I command the pain to leave your body for the glory of God. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. Now the bit, the, the key bit, and it won't be true for everyone, I, I, I understand that. And I understand that you might feel better in a couple of hours from now. I, I, I understand that. I've been doing this a long time like lots of you. But maybe God has healed some people straight away. Just sort of check yourself and just see how you are. Just see if that, that knee will now move or that back will now, just, just try something. Remember one time during a meeting and a lady walked out and I was, I was a bit upset, but she walked out because she couldn't walk. And she went to try out her new mobility on some steps. I was getting all upset. And then she came back, I thought, she's blocked in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fire on her, Lord. Fire on her, Lord. Yeah, come on, don't. Why don't we believe our beliefs here? We can't make God heal us. We're not trying to make anything up. But let's believe our beliefs. Let's have a moment of folly. Anything else happening to anybody? You're feeling like God may be, may, be, may be touching you. And doing something for you. Look at him and, yes, something over there. Sir, what, what, what is it that's happened to you? Right? Um, sir, can you just come here so everyone can um, um, hear that? Give him a cheer as he comes. Just encourage him. I think I think I heard I think I heard most of that. 
Yeah, I, I suffer from lower back pain, um, posture-related pain, and um, it felt like a wheat germ bag was put on my back right at the spot as people were praying, okay, just so generally. You're talking about in the last in the last few minutes. Yeah, and um, the pain just dissolved. So I've, I've got complete. Um, um, can you bend? Is there anything you can do? That it doesn't prevent my movement. It's just a like, constant low ache, and that's that's gone. And would you say it's 100% gone? Not 100%, but it's, it's a lot, Surely a lot. Better. Yes, yes. We know in part, we prophesy in part, often we heal in part, so it's okay. <laughs> Perfection has not yet come. Right? No, no, but it's okay. Well, if, it, if, if Jesus were here, he would have done, yeah, but we're not Jesus, are we? Right? We're not, we're not Jesus. Touch her, Lord. And Lord, thank you for this good man. Lord, may this, may this last piece of this problem leave him now. May he be well. And never suffer from it again. Lord, we bless him to never suffer from this again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, sir. Thank you for sharing. What's, what's the issue here? What's the problem here? How, how long have I got? Until, until the second coming. Don't worry, we'll be taking up an offering during the second coming as well. I've got, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. Right. So, I've got pain in all my so you've got pain all through you. Osteoarthritis. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> okay, oh, I know a bit about that. Okay, why don't you stretch your hands towards her? It's believe God. Lord, we want her to be relieved of pain. Now, all we are is, we're just the believers. We're not the power generators. All right? We're the fuse. Calvary and the Holy Spirit is the power generator. But we're only the fuse. So we put our fuse in. And I rebuke these conditions in this body. And I pray that a miracle will begin today that you will remember for the rest of your days. I pray that a miracle will happen today that will explode across all of your family and there will be amazement and, and, and there will be, there will be the gasping of, um, mouths. Lord, may the power of the Holy Spirit go through her today and we want to believe that you will set her free. You will set her free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe our beliefs. We believe our beliefs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't need to make anything up. Do you understand? You, it's not a show, and we're not here to impress anyone. Um, I just, uh, do you feel any better? Do you feel the same? Just, just be honest. I feel the same everywhere, apart from my hands. My hands have been really hurting when I've been playing today, um, and I forgot to bring my splints with me. Um, they've I was just moving them a bit earlier and they feel a lot, I don't know, just feel Three. better. Than, yeah, better. yeah, than they were, the, especially this afternoon when I was playing. I was, I don't know, hitting, yeah, I was hitting a lot of, <laughs> lots of wrong notes this afternoon because my hands weren't working properly. Wow. So they're feeling... Well, Lord, we want to thank you for this. Now, Lord, we pray that this will be the beginning And I pray the power of God that's come on these hands will now go through the rest of this body. Please, please, Father, touch her 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray that you will touch her. That you will touch her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I dare to believe that even before we finish today, there will be more and more and more and more improvement in this body. More and more and more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, bro, have you come out to support? Have you come for prayer? Oh, can we have a few guys just gather? You, no one minds me doing this, do you? I'll be up preaching in a minute and you'll wish that we were, you know, praying. Come on, gather around him. Where's your pain? Bro? It's all over. All over you? Yeah. Lord. What's your name, sir? Phil. Phil, thank you for the privilege of praying with you. Now, Father, touch him. Touch him, Lord. May the power of the Holy Spirit that's come upon these others here today go through him too. I pray there will come an incredible release in his body. Please, oh sovereign God, touch him now. Touch him now. Touch him now. We rebuke the problem and pray that he shall be well. Pray that he shall be well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Phil, I don't need to make anything up. You don't have to perform or do anything. Do you feel any different? You feel the same? How do you feel? You feel the same? No, no, it's all right. I was actually getting more pain in my neck. You're getting more pain. It was pressing them down the hand. Sorry. You about. should have gone to Elam conference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. You've got a pain in the neck. They're a pain in the neck. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just pray one more time. Lord, we want to we thank you for him. And Lord, I ask you that over this next hour... The, the power of God will continue to rest on him and he will be well. So Lord, please will you minister to him even in these next few minutes and cause him to be incredibly well. I pray that he will recover. Lord, thank you for everyone who's prayed for him many, many times before. But now, Lord, I pray we bring all that prayer and ask you today, will you set him free? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Phil, it's a privilege to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to take a seat. Let's just see how you are in a bit. Hallelujah. Okay, thank you, everyone. Have a seat. And um, I wonder, thank you for that. I want to um, just take a few minutes just to talk about how to deliver prophecy. We've talked about believing it's for you, checking your inbox, knowing your Bible, having to work out sometimes the difference between uh, revelation and interpretation. That's, we could talk for hours about that, couldn't we? That's a huge area. Um, but here are, just to conclude, a few bits of general advice for people who prophesy or for um, uh, whether you've done it before or whether we're r- trying to reignite you a little bit today. Thank you. Um, in terms of your delivery, um, each church will have a different way of doing this. 
in some churches, you'll need to go up to the front and have a word with the pastor or the vicar and say, can I speak? And he'll go, no. And you'll go back to your seat. And then you'll try next week. And eventually you'll wear him down. Um, or something like that. So, you know, we are under authority. Um, uh, in other places, there's, there's a more of a, like an open mic scenario, whether the mic is a real mic or just the room, and people just launch up, behold, you know. And uh, so it'll all depend on different, and sometimes it'll be the setting of a house group or a life group, um, or as they call them in Scotland, a hoose group. <laughs> in England, it's a house group. In Scotland, it's a hoose group. Like, in Scotland, it rhymes with group. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, anyway, all the best of them in Europe. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I thought I'm safe doing this because I don't suppose anyone's flown down. Um, yeah, okay, okay. You know, I've always loved Scotland. <laughs> I would fit well up there, uh, uh, only that their national anthem is I could walk 500 miles, uh, which not a lot of Scottish people do. Um, no, so whatever setting you're in, it's too late now, I just have to keep driving. Their horns are beeping at me, but I'm in the lane. <laughs> it depends on the setting, doesn't it? So sometimes in a, in a house group, a live group, a cell group or whatever, sometimes in a prayer meeting, uh, you're going to have the opportunity. Uh, in, in moments of worship where... Everyone is worshipping. See, this, this is what's going to happen. Everyone's worshipping, but you are checking your inbox. Yes? And, uh, brother, and I don't mean on your phone in the meeting. Right? I mean spiritually. We've got enough people checking their inbox in church. I'm not trying to increase that. But, um, uh, and that's roughly how it's worked for me. I've, I've been in church and I... There's been a time of worship, but then I realized, no, I'm here to build up the church. Whether I'm at the front or at the back or whatever I am, I'm here to build up the church. Now, of course, building up the church might be, you know, hoovering up at the end and shaking hands on the door. We're talking specifically now about the gift of prophecy and particularly about that shallow end, mid, you know, mid end of the, of the pool, uh, where we're going to operate. Um, so just a few bits of advice, all of which I think are good and biblical and, uh, and helpful. Number one is be clear. Be clear. Paul, in um, talking about the church meetings, he talks about where people speak in other languages and it's unintelligible. And so he wants to say... I don't think Paul is saying that speaking in tongues frightens unbelievers. I don't think that's what it says. That may be true. It may not be true. But I'm not sure that's what Paul says. I think what Paul says is, don't all come together and speak in another language they don't understand. I think Paul's concern is for, is for intelligibility. Right? Not, he's not telling them, 
B, don't have the power of God. He's telling them to make it understandable, explainable. So uh, if you came here today and this whole gathering was in Polish or something, you'd hope for there to be an interpreter. I'm preaching tomorrow someplace and there's a Polish interpreter. Well, without that interpreter, uh, me showing up is really a complete waste of time. And incidentally, I've been interpreted many times. I'm sure they're not preaching what I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. We have the heavenly man coming to Mattersy soon. You know, Brother Young? And they've said his interpreter might not come. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll interpret. They said, do you know any Chinese? I said, well, no. But I'll just preach something. <laughs> And they'll think he's great. And anyway, so when Paul talks about let's not have lot, let's not have everyone speaking in tongues for an hour, he, he's not worried about the the power dimension of it. He's, I, I believe he's talking about the issue that is completely unintelligible. However, I would further say that that could equally be the case with the gift of prophecy. Verse 7, for Corinthians 14, 7, even in the case of lifeless things that make sound, such as the flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there's a distinction in the notes? I'm, my mind goes to Eric Morecambe here, but I'll move on. Um, again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? Right? So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? Now, these verses here, let me just be, let me get the Bible right. Of course, they're to do with speaking in tongues. But it seems like these are just as applicable to anything you're going to do in church. To make it intelligible. So sometimes I've heard some uh, prophetic words that are so mysterious and strange, I think I might rather have had an utterance in French. It's so unintelligible. I've had, I saw a, you know, a field and a mist, and, 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 and so it has to be clear. And I would say to you that unless it's clear, then you need to do a bit more dialoguing with the Spirit of God about it. So it's not that, maybe, again, it's going back to this thing we said before, it's not so much that your, that your revelation's wrong, it just might be that you need to have some dialogue with God about, well, what does this mean? How can I frame this? How can I speak to this people and make it clear? Paul is concerned that in the church of God, things are intelligible. And so we do need to be clear. Um, number two here is, I want to suggest that we are the messenger, not the message. Now, what I mean by that is, you do occasionally, and you might have different views to me on this, and, um, and you know, that's okay. Uh, but I think I'm probably, I'm probably wise to say that I think prophets should avoid speaking in what we call the first person. So sometimes you'll get, people get up and say, I, the Lord thy God, say unto thee. And you're looking at him and you're thinking, I'm sure that's Roger. I, the, the Lord of Hosts. You're thinking, you're not the Lord of Hosts. You run a sweet shop down the high street. You're Roger Smith, you know. But the person is speaking in the first person. 
And uh, I'm not sure, and of course there'll be different traditions for this, and I suppose in one sense it doesn't really matter. But if I were going to coach people about how to get into the water and how to learn to swim, this would be probably lesson one. That you are the messenger, you do not turn into God. In that, in that, in that moment, you're still you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's why it's so funny, because people say, well I really want it to be God, I don't want it to be me. Now, I understand that, but then I want to say to them, well, who do you think it's going to be? Of course it's going to be you. It's going to look like you, sound like you. It's going to have the contractions you use. It's going to have the accent that you've got, isn't it? You're not going to suddenly turn into Charlton Heston, are you? And if you are, maybe you want to maybe try another church. You know, maybe another city. Um... So we are the messenger. We are the messenger. We are not the message. Now, if in your tradition you're used to this, well, uh, behold, I say to you, uh, you know, I, 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 I uh, respect that. But I'd much rather we had this, this and, and this would be the third one, which is about being fallible. Be fallible, which is much more, rather than I, the Lord of hosts, the, the, the maker of heaven and earth, speak unto thee, my children, this day. You know, rather than that, I'd much rather have someone say, I just feel that maybe God might want to say this. And now, you've spoken in the third person, you've stood back. You haven't turned into God. You're, you're still allowed to stutter and make grammar mistakes. Right? You, you know, you know what I mean? You can still make errors. And you are the messenger rather than the message. And you certainly aren't the living God in our midst. Right? You're not. You're not. And, and I love the fallibility. And so at uh, Mattersea, particularly last year, we had a lovely young um, prophet. Uh, I'm thinking of Joe. Who was just super great, great gift. Uh, great gift of the Spirit in him. Great ability to prophesy. He had the ability to sit at a dining room table and prophesy, but not quite put it in strange King James language. He, you know, he would he would prophesy in conversation. Uh, it was it was fantastic to watch. I mean, just stunning to watch, and a good deal better than the food many times. Um, anyway, yes, but but there he was prophesying, and 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 but yet even he with that gift that he had was very careful to say, you know, I might be wrong, I don't know about this, I just want to say, which goes back to what we said right at the beginning of the afternoon, that we need a culture, we need an environment, where prophets are allowed to speak, and we the hearers, or, or, or you the hearers, whatever, are allowed to say, I don't think that's right. Which is very difficult when someone's just walked up to you and told you that they, that they were in the burning bush and now they're talking to you. <laughs> Isn't it? When I was with Moses. And you're thinking, you weren't with Moses. I saw you last week and you were buying a television from Tesco. You were not with Moses. (laughs) Number four is be loving. We can't make God do anything. Can we? But we can... Be nice. Right? Now, forgive the simplicity of that. But even in praying for the sick, I can't do anything. 
I can't do anything. But I can be kind and respectful and pleasant. Right? I travelled as a missionary, short-term, short-trip missionary around um, Brazil many times. Three times. And two very significant trips. Uh, where I was in a different city every night for the best part of 21 nights. The, the uh, distances were the equivalent of being in Amsterdam one night and Berlin the next and London the next. I mean, they were just huge, great diff- you know, distances. Uh, when I told the Lord, Lord, I'll do anything for you, I had no idea I'd have to go by bus. <laughs> but I did. And night after night, the most incredible signs and wonders occurred and I was absolutely conscious that I had nothing to do with it. I, I was just as amazed as anyone, um, as you would imagine. Um, when I showed up, they just assumed that I was the driver. They were waiting for the evangelist to follow in through. Um, so I was very, very, you know, uh, very, very um, dishevelled and, uh, and fatigued. But the most amazing things would happen. But the pastors got very, they weren't unhappy with me, but it was frustrating because I spent so much time with the, with the people. Because I knew I couldn't cure any of them, but I could say hello. You know? And I could be friendly. And I could thank them for the privilege of praying for them. And I could ask their name. You know? Those sorts of things. Now, the pastors thought that I was some sort of evangelist that was going to do spot welding. And I would go around, touch everyone, they'd all fall over, and then we'd go and get some meat from a restaurant that they've like kept open. Instead, it's one o'clock in the morning and we're going round to the restaurant they've kept open. Some of the people, it took me hours and hours to pray and some of them went off, had a meal, an hour and a half later came back and joined the line. <laughs> no, really they did. Really they did. Boy, oh boy. And people keep giving me water, I think, don't keep giving me water. See, I couldn't cure any of them, but I could love them. I love what Paul says in Romans 1. He says this, when he talks about being with them to impart some spiritual gift, he begins with this, I long to be with you, that I might impart to you. Right? So, when you're prophesying, you have to ask this question, how would Jesus say this? Right? You with me? How would Jesus say this? How would a God of love and passion say this? How would he speak? And I think that will affect the way that we minister to people. Very much. If we have a kindness in our voice. A sweetness in our, in our tone. A, a humility about the way we speak. A fallibility. Number, whatever it is, one, two, three, four, five. Be brave. When Timothy is told to prophesy, as I understand it to be that, that gift, it, it, it may not be, but he's told this, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you, Stir up the gift of God because God has not given you a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. But the context of that, it's not a verse out of context. 
He's telling him, in the act of ministering in the Spirit, God has not made you to be timid. But he's made you to be powerful. That's what that little bit is all about, no matter what you've got stuck on your fridge. That's what that verse is all about. It's about, it's about a scared prophet in a church thinking, I can't do this. Or a scared prophesier in a house group thinking, I can't do this. But we have to be brave. We have to be brave. We have to be submissive. Won't read it for the sake of time, but all throughout 1 Corinthians 14, the prophets are told to submit to one another and let the others judge. And the spirit of the prophet is subject to the other prophets, and uh, which is um, the more accurate way of reading that, I think. Uh, but if someone doesn't want you to minister, then you don't minister. It's no good going, well, the Lord's told me, you know. There, there must be submission. Otherwise, we are in a field full of, full of trash now. Um, number seven, be believing. Romans 12 verse 7 says, or 6 rather. Romans 12 verse 6 says, anyone who prophesies must do so according to their faith. So you've got to believe. And that's what I talk about when I talk about having a moment of folly. You've got to be so foolish that you... You would dare to believe that God could speak to you? What with all the sin in your life and all the dysfunctionality of your devotion? and uh, uh, What, God could even use you? God could even use me? Absolutely. And we prophesy according to our faith. And um, finally here, be open to feedback. 1 Corinthians 14.32 While one of the prophets is up speaking... In the Corinthian church, the other prophets are permitted to stop him or her. And, and I think it's good to be open. Now, most of us really don't like negative feedback, do we? We don't want it. Yeah, I sit every day and mark students preaching. Right? Or not every day, but many, many days. So there they are. They've just preached their heart out. And now I've got to go and go, right... And I have to be so careful. Because maybe there's one or two things I think, well, you perhaps could have done that differently. But um, a bruised reed he doesn't break. A smoldering wick he does not put out. All right? And so those of us giving feedback need to be very, very sweet about this. But the prophet needs to be open to have feedback. It's a team. There's no I in prophet, is there? Is that right? Someone answered about, yeah, but there isn't prophetic. <laughs> but there's no I in, in prophet. We are a team. And finally, finally, just one verse I want to leave with you. When we think about how we're going to do this, well, we're going to be clear. We're going to be the messenger, not the message. We're going to be fallible. We're going to be loving, we're going to be brave, we're going to be submissive, we're going to believe, and we're going to be open to feedback and mentorship of others and help. But finally here, we need to take a leaf out of old Gabriel's book. We need to be in his presence. It's got to be real. Sometimes we won't know if we're 
uh, on the money or not. Sometimes we won't know fully, is this God or not? And anyone who ministers in the Spirit knows that full well. That sometimes it's only upon reflection you realise God used you more on this occasion than maybe in some other season. So sometimes you won't know. But you can do all the things I just said. You can be clear. You can be the messenger. You can be fallible. You can be kind. You can be submissive. You can be open. Those are all the things that we can do. As we look at him. And he looks at us. As we speak to him. And he speaks to us. Unless we abide in him. We can bear no fruit. Jesus said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. For some, of course, in the charismatic world, apart from me, you'll have to fake it. But, but, but we're not looking for that. We're looking for the authentic. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's this verse from Gabriel with which I do genuinely finish. The angel says to Zechariah, he's just about to be struck dumb for not believing. Verse 19 says this, the angel speaks and he says, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. If we're going to be standing before people to deliver messages of good news, we must surely first stand in the presence of the Lord. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the... He hasn't got a message because he's Gabriel. He hasn't got a message because he went and got Brother Dingling to pray for him to have the gift of prophecy. He's not got... He hasn't got a message... Because someone sent him a holy hanky. If, if you get one, blow your nose on it and send it back. <laughs> Washed, of course. That's what happened before they sent it to you. He's not got a prophecy because he's done a course. He's got a prophecy because he's been in the presence. Right? It's true, isn't it? So we must be in his presence. Look at him. He'll look at you. Speak to him. He'll speak to you. And then you. Because you love others more than you love your own reputation and comfort and safety. Will step out and speak. If you love others more than yourself, yes, more than your own comfort, you will step out and speak. You will take a risk. But it must come out of his presence. We don't want messengers, and I tell the students this all the time. Look, I'm closing my Bible just to make you feel like something might be happening. But I warn you. 
We don't, we, I say this at Matsu Hall all the time, we are not interested in releasing a whole load of young men and women who don't know anything about standing before a fire and hearing the voice of God. We want to be real. Infallible. Frail. Let's stand up. Hallelujah.